Hi and welcome to the Psyche Podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone and welcome back to our second episode of the week and I am so, so excited to share this episode because it's a little bit different Uh, It's a little bit special, as you'll see when we dive in. And the reason that it is so special is uh, because of the guest. Not that my other guests haven't been amazing, um, and some have gone on to be amazing contacts and friends. But this episode, which is a special episode, because tomorrow, so if you're listening to this on release date, Tomorrow, Thursday, 30th of July is International Friendship Day. So obviously we had to mark that with a podcast episode because friendship is so important. We are such social, can't talk today, (laughs) such social creatures. And it really, friendships are so important to feel supported, to have fun, to feel challenged. There's so much amazing stuff that, that comes from friendship, from that connection because we really just want to have that sense of belonging to a group. So to mark International Friendship Day, I'm so happy to share this episode with one of my dearest friends, Debbie. So uh, I'll be back after to answer some of the inevitable questions that you might have about some of the stuff we talked about. Uh, so yeah, join me after. But um, And Debs will be listening because she is one of my most loyal Uh, listeners to the podcast and I love her so much for so many reasons but also for her support with the show so yeah let's dive in and you'll see how fab she is as well (laughs) so here we go hi everybody um this is a bit of a different podcast um and it's the most I don't know informal or intimate podcast I've done because at the moment we're chilling out sat on my bed um, for this podcast which is not normally the way that we record um and I'm really excited to be joined by one of my closest friends who I've referenced before I think on the podcast um but by my friend Debbie so if you want to say hi to people hi everyone so yeah I'm Debbie um we are currently sat on Hannah's bed just recording this having an informal chat um I'm just here visiting for the weekend and having some quality time with Hannah which I don't get too often these days because we're both so busy but uh, we do try maybe once a quarter to try and get some time in with each other on a weekend so yeah it's precious time together and we thought we'd do this for you all yeah because by the time this comes out uh far into the future probably um we're talking about friendship and it's friendship week so I kind of thought the maybe the best way to kind of talk about the topic was to talk to a really good friend rather than just an expert about friendship because I think we all have friendships and we yeah and it's just um an excuse to chat to Debbie more (laughs) (laughs) can you ever be an expert on friendship I don't know I suppose people who study it maybe are like an expert um I think it kind of grows as you have that friendship for yeah. longer and longer in terms of like your knowledge of how it works 
the thing that I thought in my mind when you said, can you be an expert on friendship, is there are people who are sex experts. <laughs> and that's more that they know, like, the theory and stuff. I don't know that necessarily means that they are experts experts yeah. in you know practical skill but i mean no maybe i guess the <laughs> practice of being an expert at friendship comes from definitely practicing it through the years and obviously having the ups and downs of friendship and just making sure you know you continue with that friendship regardless of the peaks and troughs that you get with that yeah because i think i mean i don't know if you're the same i know i have friendships that i guess are no longer where for a period of your life you're very close to someone and then maybe people's circumstances change or you move away or just move on in your life and then you're not really close to those people anymore which can be a bit sad but I I don't know I kind of think like I you know I appreciate the friendship for what it was at Mm. the time and um yeah appreciate that yeah I think definitely appreciate each friendship you have whether that's for that moment or whether it's for your life or for a decade or however how long um i think you see some friendships can be for a season mm. whether and i'm not talking like a weather season i'm not talking like just the winter of this year but like a season of your life mm. um and i think some friendships are definitely there for the long haul um and i've got both mm. in my life um hannah happens to be one of those long haul people for me so um i wonder if we should tell people kind of how we met yeah i was thinking that and and we've been friends for over a decade. Over a decade. I think about 12 years. That's right. 12, no. It's a bit longer. 13 or 14 yeah. years. Because I'm so, so I met Debbie in Bristol. And so I can kind of time it because I moved to Bristol when I was 18 for uni. So it's 14 years since okay. then. But I'm not sure if we met straight away or whether it was it was around that time. around then um and so we worked together yes um, at a hotel um, and we also have what's really nice is that we also at the time i think when we were working there we had a bigger group of friends of people yeah. that that um socialized and i really liked that it was a real ethnic oh, mix we yeah. had a really diverse friendship group which was really nice but we now have kind of four of us who still see each other frequently yeah um from that time um so we worked together and then we lived together <clears throat> so yep. i'm trying to think if that was like a maybe a year long nearly yeah because it was um my it was the beginning of my third year of uni okay um we lived together for a bit but then towards the end of my final year i moved again because um our friend and landlord uh we're selling we're selling um and moving so i um yeah we moved in our individual ways just purely for like you hannah moved closer to uni and i just decided i would stay in the kind of east side of bristol i guess Mm. really um and just decided to yeah move in with a friend so in as much as living situation we went our own ways like the friendship still remained definitely and like it was a bit of I guess, a learning curve of like, oh, yeah, we now need to definitely make sure we make time for each other because we're no longer living together and seeing yeah. each other naturally every day. Um, I think, but we um, managed to make that work. Yeah, I think I'm too messy to live with Debbie long term. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so, um, but no, it was, it, was, it was really nice, wasn't it, the living together because then you could kind of be, um, and if anyone's lived with, with friends, I guess there's, there's you know, dealing with housemates 
conflicts maybe is difficult if you've got a friendship. Yeah. But it's nice if you're having a bad day or anything. And I remember uh, having a breakup when yeah. I lived there. And so that was just nice to have people who were genuinely friends around. And going home to that situation of that friendship, knowing that whoever's going to be in the house that day, you know, it's a shared house, but whoever's going to be there is your friend. And actually they're there to support you and actually, you know, give you a big hug when you need it or just have a good laugh with you when you need a good laugh or a cry yeah. even and be that shoulder for you. And it was a really special time, I think, living with that person mm. who was our friend and our landlord. Um, And we all got on really well, actually, really, really well. Yeah. And we, well, do... we all work together as well, actually. Yeah, so, so was... she was our landlord and our boss, <laughs> randomly. <laughs> it sounds like it could be not good but actually it, <laughs> it worked and yeah it was yeah. a really um but we would do yeah. like random meals out together and just like a sunday evening of just like do we all fancy a kfc bucket which can occur i i remember um a couple of times i think where uh someone was just finishing work it would be me <laughs> yeah and we'd go in we'd get changed and we would go out dancing dancing and there was a place we sometimes went to on a tuesday night Yes. And they had two for one cocktails and salsa lessons, and it was amazing. And unfortunately, it's not there anymore because that was great. And then we'd occasionally, you know, uh, be at home, and then we put on a song and be like, "Oh yeah, we're ready." Yeah, <laughs> it was dancing. so it was so nice whether we put the song on at home and we'd all be just dancing in the house, or like Hannah and our landlord slash friend would be like getting ready to come in to meet me after work, and we would go dancing, and I really enjoyed dancing at this place. And it wasn't about having loads of drinks and spending lots of money. I think. One night we went home completely sober and, like, we didn't spend a load of money either. I think we were all pretty much on water for most yeah. of that dancing session. And we just went home feeling just like, man, we've really chilled, we've had fun. Mm. And it wasn't even a really late night or anything crazy. It was just literally just like, no, we've let off steam and that was such a good memory, I think, mm. for all of us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was oh, fun memories coming back from oh, um, Yeah. Que yeah. pasa? Um, I'm very sad that that's not there anymore. I know that was that was great. For those of you that know Corn Street in Bristol, um, Cupasa was actually quite a good club. Unfortunately, that closed probably. I just love the decor as well because it was very. I don't know. Yeah. Just but probably close to about a decade ago now. Probably. Oh god, I feel. <laughs> but anyway, that, that's reminiscing <laughs> about Bristol people, which we will not continue with. <laughs> um, but then, yeah. So since then, so that must have been over that. Even was probably over a decade ago. Yeah, because I finished uni in 2008. So that's over a decade wow. ago that we lived together. So it probably has been closed for, for nearly a decade. And then we've been friends living in the same city for a while. And then we've been friends living in different places because yep. I moved out of Bristol um, about an hour away. Um, and so then we still have tried to make time, like you said, to see each other regularly. Sorry, I'm 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 less <laughs> sat here laughing because I remember the day Hannah moved out of Bristol, um, where me and my, one of my friends decided to help Hannah do this, and she hadn't packed any of her stuff. So the morning I packed some, but I have a lot of stuff now. Yeah, I packed all so the morning of when we got the van, literally Hannah was there packing a box, handing it to us, putting it in the van. Bless, <laughs> like I guess because a part of my nature is just super organised, which I do try and tame at times um but yeah it, it was funny it really was to try and see Hannah just bless her trying to figure out the ideas of moving and I think we all have to go through that experience to kind of go maybe next time I'll pack a bit more in advance or things like that who knows probably not I don't think I've done that but it was quite a funny memory but actually do you know what's quite funny when you say that about you being super organized is <laughs> I'm petrified <laughs> it, where no, this no, is no. going no it is right 
because you know thinking about that and thinking about like the state of my house at the moment and stuff like on the surface I don't seem organized but I am very organized in some things and actually oh, a friend absolutely. of mine today said something asked about because I'm getting married in July and about how the wedding planning is going and I said all fine I think she said you've always been really organized but I've always been a bit cluttered with stuff and a bit messy so I think I'm organized but not in like can I interject here because I actually would just like to clarify something for you because I do agree there Hannah there is a side of you that is just very organized and I feel like your work your charity time that you give to charities and your volunteering absolutely all of that is so organized and yeah your meal preps and everything and how you know you're consciously eating what you're eating um and i think that takes so much of you in your time and your energy the other things maybe don't have that such mm. amount of attention and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever guys so can i please just point <laughs> out i'm not saying hannah is completely disorganized but she's such a busy woman that it's very difficult then to get everything right because no one gets everything right thanks i'm not perfect no no one is um but also i mean i don't want to play the d card all the time but i do find that sometimes if my mood is low and i'm depressed Mm. the house organization and stuff is the thing that that goes and it takes such effort i think Mm. once you fall behind yeah like to get on top and so i've got my floor drape which is my wardrobe on the floor which needs sorting out and i have a massive laundry pile in the other room but once you fall behind on that kind of stuff, mm. it takes so much to, you know, get back on top of it. And it's like this this cycle. And what I, I'm really lucky that a lot of my friends, when they come over, they kind of, you know, they don't, not, don't turn their noses up and go, well, no. it's not spotless. They know that's kind of, it's clean. It's just got a lot of stuff everywhere. And But like I said, I think your, your true friends also know that you are very busy in your giving of your time whether like i said that's for charity volunteering etc so i have to make guys i did not walk in here and go oh my gosh what's hannah got around the house it's nothing like that that i'm thinking at all i accept hannah completely for who she is and all the time that she does give to everyone else including me this weekend so i yeah i think when you have that level of friendship that you can just be your true self with each other yeah. it doesn't matter if you what you've just called a floor drobe happens <laughs> or the washing pile etc i think actually it's about going let's look past that and actually just enjoy the time together because for you and me we don't get to see each other that often yeah so. and i think that is the real key with the friendship isn't it that you can be yourself and if they're a true friend they'll accept you as you are and that doesn't mean that there aren't things that sometimes frustrate you um about the other person but you know they love you as who you know for yeah. who you are and they they want the best for you and yeah um i can i kind of interject yeah. here that i think this may be a good way to kind of bring in this topic that um hannah and i will probably talk about this maybe at a different section but can i just say we did go traveling together yeah. which we will talk about <laughs> but what i want to kind of bring up now is that hannah and i've definitely had our ups and our downs in terms of like i can certainly frustrate hannah um i think more than she frustrates me um <laughs> because i like I, I can just be not great at times in terms of being like, don't tell me what to do. And Hannah's not telling me what to do, guys, at all. And she's just caring. And I'm just having one of those moments. But I think that's your perception of, of yeah. how I feel. Because I feel like I also have times like that traveling when I've had enough of people and then I just need like alone time. Yeah. And then you're very good at, again, that kind of... But you see, guys, this is the other thing. I guess what we're demonstrating right now is what we perceive our friend thinks actually may not be it at all um and it's really interesting that even after like 
the decade and a half Hannah and I still have these moments of like oh I thought you felt you thought and felt yeah. like this and oh I thought you felt like that but I also and I hope you don't mind me saying this but <laughs> when we were traveling <laughs> so let's talk about we'll, we'll we'll skip up to traveling so we've had like you know years of being friends and seeing each other when we can and then what we've been trying to do we yeah did, didn't we? 2017 we went traveling for it was going to be longer but it ended up being four four months partly one I'm not very good with money uh, two, we lived it up a lot in South America, <laughs> yeah. eating great food. And then we were like, do you know what? But I think I think that was the right thing to do because we really got to enjoy it. And yes, we were backpacking, but it was kind of a bit more grown up backpacking. And we really enjoyed it rather than just like trying to make ends meet just yeah. so we could travel longer. Um, I, You know, I, I think it worked. And um, so we did quite a few overnight buses um, and travel and... I can handle not sleeping because I'm not a great sleeper. And then I just like sleep when we got there. But mm. but Debbie, if she's tired or hungry, gets a bit grumpy. A bit. That's <laughs> an understatement. <laughs> but I found it really funny. Especially uh, Deb- Debbie's partner joined us in Australia as well. And he also gets a bit grumpy. And so they'd like, be grumpy at each other. And I just found it quite funny. Uh, but that's something that maybe, you know, someone in perception would be like that their friend gets really upset if they're grumpy. But I was like, she's not grumpy at me. No. She's just grumpy. Um, so I found it quite entertaining. Thank you. I'm so glad <laughs> one of my closest friends finds that entertaining because if they really took it personally, that would actually be really difficult for me to handle as well. So, yes, one of my next, like, I accept that of myself. I know I get grumpy when I'm hungry or tired. Um, so while traveling, we did obviously try and eat where possible, but we did... Oh, no, we did eat. No, no, can I just say, we did eat, but we tried to eat regular meals where possible, yeah, yeah. but it wasn't always as easy as you would find in the UK. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess really what we're trying to say at this moment is that I think it's okay when you're having a bad day and your friend's around you, and as long as we don't necessarily intentionally take it out on our friend, that's okay. Yeah. And I think our friends, if they love us and know us well enough, will accept that we're just having maybe an off day. I think when we take it out on that other person, though, it's really difficult to be humble enough to go, I'm really sorry I did that and that wasn't acceptable and that wasn't fair on you. Um, And it takes a lot, I think, to do that. Mm. But I actually think if there is something in that that's really good for your friendship and really Mm. nurturing of your friendship to be able to go, I did that and that's not right. Yeah. And it's not easy and it's definitely something I think any of us learn at any point in friendship yeah. and I think it's something that we have to practice I don't well, think it comes naturally straight yeah. away and I think sometimes we have weird conversations <laughs> where, where it's like oh I'm sorry if that thing I did upset you in this way and then you're like what, what? <laughs> but you kind of think about stuff mm-hmm. and what you said the perception you're like oh did that thing I say upset them or did they interpret it in this way and then you explain what you meant and then it's like oh no I didn't even mm. see it in that way at all um but I find what I find really interesting about the traveling because so for four months, we basically saw each other every day. Should I kind of, sorry to interrupt you, but can I maybe give a kind of gist of what we had planned? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So guys, we, um, Hannah, I basically was going traveling and then I had to put it off for a year. And I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. Could we potentially look at going together? And we were like, yes, let's do this. Um, and our friendship was really good at that point. It mm-hmm. still was all the way through traveling. But I think neither of us really knew what it was to like to live together day in, day out. Um, I don't think because we'd, we'd lived t- together before, obviously, yeah. but not spent like all our time yeah, together. Literally. Um, and I don't think either of us really in the lead up to traveling really kind of gave that much thought. 
no. of what that but would then, be. But then I think some people did. I don't know if it was before or just kind of during or after. You occasionally get the, oh, has it affected your friendship or has it had a huh. negative impact? So, um, so yeah, we. I guess I, I'm looking at Hannah now and she's like, no, we didn't really think we... about this before we went travelling. Um, so what Hannah and I had planned is that we would travel through South America for uh, two and a half months. Mm-hmm. So we did Peru, Bolivia, Chile and Argentina. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no days apart. Most of the time we had a double bed to share. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, it was all the time together. Um, there were a few days we maybe had apart, maybe in Chile. Like yeah, when... There was one, one day in Chile where mm-hmm. I went and had... I went to an internet cafe uh, to be a geek for a while in Santiago. So I had... Uh, like a walk around Santiago. I went there where you just kind of just chilled. Chilled, yeah. Yeah, I was having like an off day of not having great stomach. Um, I think just the natural food over there, guys, you just, you know, you just sometimes need those days in bed. Um, But yeah, definitely, I feel like we were not prepared maybe mentally for the fact that we would be having every single day, pretty much all our time together and no time really apart. Um, And I don't really feel like we really encountered that many issues really in that two and a half months that we were in South America. We no. then flew to Australia. We flew to Sydney um, and we made our way up the East Coast on a Greyhound bus. Yes. You know, we did the whole touristy thing. Um, I should probably backtrack slightly and say we literally went from Peru, Bolivia, Chile and Argentina, Argentina, sorry, <laughs> all on a bus. Argentina. <laughs> Argentina, sorry, <laughs> Argentina, Argentina. Yeah. all the way on a bus, so there was no flights mm-hmm. involved or anything like that, no trains, we literally did it all on buses, mm-hmm. um, and then in Australia we did it all by bus as well, apart from, apart from, we went from Cairns and we flew inland to Uluru, yeah, to Alice Springs, and yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. and then Uluru, yeah, yeah. Um, so we did that and then we from there did eight days we flew to New Zealand and did eight days in Wellington mm-hmm. so which was visiting the aforementioned boss slash landlord uh, who had kind of moved out there yes so, so that was our plan of our traveling mm-hmm. well our plan before that originally we were then going to Fiji. do a bus around New Zealand yeah uh, and then I was going to go to Fiji for a bit and do some volunteering and come back but I think it was when we were in Peru um, and we were like, well, I was like, I can't afford that, actually. And then, so then we decided to cut it short. So we did Christmas in Wellington, came back afterwards, which I think worked out well. And I think because Debbie's partner had flown out for the last, part, bit. last bit of Australia and and New Zealand, or Wellington. And I think if he'd then flown home and we'd gone on, I think that might have been quite difficult for you yeah i definitely think that and um, that's another thing yeah. but yeah absolutely can i just say i'm still with that partner we are engaged yeah. we're going Woo. to be married um but yes um so well i guess i just wanted to describe about the traveling is that was the plan um and for the most part i think we really stuck to everything that we were kind of yeah. hoping to achieve and i think what worked really well is and this is where my organization comes in oh yeah i had a spreadsheet oh yeah of where we were staying where we were traveling and we had a plan already booked of these are the buses we're getting. This is where we're going. But and then we had like a vague list of in this place, this is kind of what we want to do. And I think that worked really well for both of us because mm. I think sometimes people are really organized travelers and some people are really like, let's just see what happens. And I think if we had been different on that, it would have been quite tricky. 
But we're both but, very similar in like liking to know when the but what day the bus is and the time that we have to be there and therefore you've got to get there like an hour early. Um, the fact that we knew where we would be staying and we didn't just rock up to a place and go right where do we stay because that would have stressed us both out quite a bit. So we were very very fortunate that both our characters really appreciate um organization. So that worked well, and Hannah was just amazing at that. And she was like, "Oh, you find this place, and you find that." We did so much Airbnb, and we got some bargains, and that was amazing because in in some of the places we we're, were living with the local ones, so we got these amazing recommendations. And so we had like in Cusco, this lady took us to this market that we never would have gone to by ourselves yeah. because it was more like a local market. And then she made us a meal and did a little tour, and then. When we were in Santiago, mm. the lady took us out and we had like a traditional like burger. a Chilean burger, which is not actually a burger at all. It's just like sh- uh, shredded meat <laughs> in a app. Yeah. But, you know, it was really interesting to actually live with people and talk to them about the culture and get recommendations. Oh, absolutely. And when we were in Bolivia, which if anyone has done any research in Bolivia, um, it I took it as quite a culture shock, actually. Um, I did struggle at little points. Um, so when we were staying in La Paz, we stayed in an Airbnb and this couple, bless them, that we were their last Airbnb booking before they, their baby was due. And then it was early. Um, <laughs> so we didn't really see our host whatsoever, but they were so good because we, I wouldn't be surprised if they'd said, look, I'm sorry, this doesn't work. You know, I need to find somewhere else to stay. But they were so good. They let us stay there. They weren't there at all. They were in hospital and well, they were absolutely and, fine with us being there. And, and on the last great. day, because um, we were really lucky that a lot of places let us check out late or um, leave bags or, or whatever. And for them, they were just like, yeah, leave whenever. <laughs> leave the key with the reception. And we were like, do you want us to feed your cat or anything? Do you want... And they were like, no, 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 it's fine. Cause, yeah, because they were in the hospital and they, they were great mm. but i think in la paz because like you said the cultural shock so we did just like chill out a fair amount in la paz mm. at the um Airbnb. It, yeah so yeah i think traveling south america was just full of these amazing experiences guys um if you ever get the opportunity to visit south america whichever country you choose or multiples it's definitely worth doing it um i love peru i would go yeah. back to peru in a, in a heartbeat is of all the places and i have for a while been like oh i'd really like to like maybe live in chile and uh, and um australia as well but mm. peru is the one i think about the most definitely i think it was our first country in south america it was the one country we spent the longest time in mm. so we did two and a half months in south america in total and we did five weeks mm-hmm. in peru so that's quite a big chunk of that time um and yeah we took our time and we went to the amazon rainforest we um went to machu picchu mm-hmm. as well that was incredible um i mean we did so many other things Hannah. Yeah, what else did we, did we do the Coca canyon Col- trek, oh which my gosh was an interesting experience because we were with our hop on hop off bus thing there was um this Coca canyon trek just included and we didn't really look into it that much and then we just like got picked up at 4 a.m and then we had this literally trekking and like the drop in altitude was like 1200 feet and um it was quite a shock to the system and what I didn't realize at the time I thought it was just ridiculously unfit which I was but I also had bronchitis at the time yeah and it wasn't until later that we realized that and then you really struggled with the altitude yes dramatically so I came away from that feeling I just didn't feel right and I was like my emotions were all over the place like literally I don't know what's wrong with me and I just 
I think you can not feel right, but you can also know there's something actually wrong, but you don't know what it is. And it's kind of like, well, what am I suffering with? And we had to call, like, from our insurance, we would get, like, medical care a bit. So we could call, like, doctors and do, like, international calls with doctors. And we kind of had to get me through that and realise that I was probably suffering from altitude sickness. Mm. Um, so instead of, unfortunately, of trekking the Inca Trail to Machu Picchu, we then had to change our ticket because that would be quite a drop and dramatic change in altitude as well. And Hannah, bless her, like, she was so giving in that because trekking the Inca Trail, would, it would have been amazing and ex- just an amazing experience and definitely one you don't want to miss. But Hannah was so forgiving in that because I was petrified of doing it because I didn't want, want my body to go through that mm. same emotion and feeling. But I also think, one, as we discovered, I have bronchitis. Yes. So a couple of days before we were supposed to do it, we, um, I was struggling to breathe and I was like, right, we'll go to the hospital. Um, and then we weren't in the right one. So they just sent us in an ambulance to the other one. It was quite entertaining. Uh, and we had like a really chilled afternoon in the in the hospital waiting for watching TV. We had a massive room bigger than anywhere we'd stayed. Um, it had like two parts to it and a bathroom while we were waiting for a, um, an English speaking doctor. And I gave, they had, did an x-ray and they, they gave me some medicine and stuff. And actually when we were at Machu Picchu, just walking up to the sun gate, we had to keep stopping. And there were these like 70 year old tourists like, stopping with us. So, uh, one, I wouldn't have been able to trek it anyway. But also, I think when we were like, yeah, we can trek the Inca Trail, we had done no preparation, no training. So, actually, trekking the Colca Canyon, really, which is not as challenging. Yeah, it really informed us of kind of what we'd signed up for and just like our just, yeah, we were just so naive in our whole approach <laughs> to that. And it really helped us to go really take a second look at it and go, we actually don't think we can do this. I feel like if we'd started, we would have like probably got through it but it would have been awful yeah. like good but awful at the so, same time i think unless like you're doing a luxury package and i don't even know if that's available i think while you're tracking the inca trail like everyone has to sleep in tents like little pop-up tents and you get thrown asleep bag at the end of the day and there's your tent and you climb in and you go to bed um and yeah that would have not been comfortable either it would have you would just ache from the end mm. of that i feel like at some point i'd like to go back and maybe try trekking it now that I'm in much better physical shape than I, than I was then. And probably I would do some actual training before I just did it. But I think it was something that in my lifetime, even if it was really difficult and a challenge, I feel like it would be really rewarding to have done it and been like, look what I've achieved. Oh, absolutely. So. I think I think it's so good to challenge ourselves and be like, just because I ha- can't do this now or I haven't been able to in the past, I'm the only re- thing that's stopping me from trying to do it in the future. Mm. And I think I just want to come back to the um the thing about perceptions and and friends because I know there's something that you've said a couple of times about when we were traveling because I was um before we went well as I was trying to learn Spanish I was practicing and so I was using Spanish and I was talking to people and I quite often be like um like excuse me I have a question and they say in Spanish like I'm learning Spanish can I ask you a question um and a couple of times you uh I think you felt quite bad that I was doing all the talking and and putting the effort in yeah so I um it's not to say I can't do languages because I think everyone probably could but I my memory in terms of how I learn things as well I was really struggling with that and then I got really insecure with what I had remembered and the bits I hadn't and I couldn't 
I or I didn't feel I could form a sentence, even a most basic one in Spanish. So I ended up just stopped trying, which probably apart from your chocolate caliente. Apart from chocolate caliente, which I learned was a very important <laughs> hot chocolate. Um, but yeah, I just stopped trying, and that was probably the thing that really was not good in hindsight. But I just felt so nervous in my trying to speak Spanish. And that people would get angry at me or not Hannah, but like the natives would get angry at me for like my terrible pronunciation of words that I just stopped trying. And I think that's the thing I should have not done. I should have just kept trying mm. even like little, most basic sentences of please, can I have, etc. Yeah. Um, would have been wise to continue trying to mm. practice. Um, but yeah, I really struggled at certain points through South America because I felt so awful that Hannah was having to do all the speaking in Spanish and asking for directions and speaking to taxi drivers. Um, and I, what, I think the worst with that was in Chile, we <laughs> had misunderstood the date of our next bus to the next destination mm. and Hannah at the bus terminal had to try and have a conversation completely in Spanish of trying to change our tickets and understand why we'd got it wrong and these different things and all i could do was just sit with the bags and literally hold our bags and know that they were safe <laughs> and hannah was having to have this really difficult conversation with these people that only spoke spanish and <laughs> they kept shouting and i was just like oh my gosh like this poor my poor friend is having to really work I don't through remember this. that bit yeah <laughs> and you see I mean, guys, tired <laughs> and you see guys we all remember different things and for me that was one of the things definitely of not me not Mm. continuing to practice my spanish that really stuck out for me and really highlighted for mm. me actually hannah is so giving in so many different ways but and one of those things is definitely that you were like no it's fine i've got yeah. this well and 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 yeah because i think you a couple of times were like or you know i'm really sorry or i feel really bad that you're doing all the talking and actually i quite like learning languages and i am not very good by any means because i start learning and then i give up um but i really enjoyed like trying practicing it and talking to people uh so it was almost like a selfish thing that I really enjoyed so again it's that kind of perception and again if we'd both been trying to do all the Spanish speaking it probably would have been a bit of tension there then or if neither of us were doing it so that worked really well but yeah I was just like no I'm happy to to practice Spanish and I was lucky in some ways that um before I went I'd been at summer school and a couple of um, the teachers there live in Spain and, and speak amazing Spanish. So I was trying to practice. So I'd be going up to them saying, uh, I have a question. <laughs> um, and um, and trying to practice, which which helped. So, so yeah, I definitely think that was a big thing for me. Kind of something that I felt I was putting pressure on Hannah with. But that wasn't a pressure, actually, in hindsight. But again, it just feeds back to the whole thing of, maybe not misunderstanding but just misinterpreting how mm. that person feels about a certain situation and i think one of the things that we're very good at is that you know non-judgmental communication mm. and being able to say to the other person like this is how i'm feeling or this is what i'm thinking uh and then we we listen and and then you know if it is like a um, a misunderstanding of something we'll kind of communicate that and i think if you're not able to have that level of communication, then if you are holding on to this this worry about what someone else thinks, and then you end up maybe feeling a bit bitter or a bit upset about something. But it eats at you, I think. Yeah, and it's all in your own head. Mm. Um, but like you said earlier, it, it can be difficult to have that that conversation. But I think, you know, communication in any 
relationship is really important and I think in friendship is is so important and you know to be able to I don't know have that trust and Mm, absolutely um I would also say at times just I mean you've already referred to like maybe needing some quiet times etc at different points I'm a bit antisocial sometimes (laughs) not a lot may I point out but there are moments when Hannah just needed time to herself I think like if we'd had um like a bus journey and there were lots of people and not having personal space um, and then I'd be like, do you know what? I've just had enough people. Like, I need to. And, like, when and it did... wasn't personal to me, but she'd had enough personal space with me too. <laughs> but we had, um, when was it? it was when we were in the Wit Sundays and we were on a cruise. Australia, yeah. Uh, in Australia. And, um, you know, and I think most of the people on the boat, I don't know, were maybe younger than us and they're on like a gap year and, and lots whatever. Of drinking lots of drinking. Lots of drinking, very lively. And so sometimes we would just all hang out. I say us or us three, we hang out down the other end of the yeah. boat. And sometimes I just go and sit down there um, because it's quieter. And actually it was just. Yeah. So at that yeah. point there, my partner, my fiance, Chris, had come with, with to visit us and finish the rest of the trip with us. So, yeah, we found we were just that bit older than the rest of the people on the boat. And so we would sit at the back mm. um, in amongst all the wetsuits and yeah. all the gear kind of thing. But there was like benches and stuff we could sit on. And we'd go and have like our dinner or just chill out back there really. And just the three of us just having that mm. space in that time. Um, but I also remember back in Chile even, and there was just one day that Hannah was just really struggling and we'd just arrived in Chile. We'd just crossed the border from Bolivia into Chile and it was just like the need for space. Mm. And I just really remember realising that there was like this courtyard in our Airbnb that we were staying with all these multiple rooms around us, but there was this courtyard. And I just decided, you know what, give Hannah the room, give her that space. And I just went and wrote postcards for the afternoon. Mm. And to me, that was just as enjoyable as maybe lounging in my bed watching a bit of Netflix kind of thing I was absolutely fine doing what I was doing and it was so nice to know that I was in a safe environment I wasn't out at a cafe kind of thing all by myself being an individual woman in that environment but I was all able to give Hannah that space mm. and just give her the that area that she needed mm. just to just be able to have that time for you and we all need that at times and I think recognizing mm. that in each other and intentionally giving each other that space mm. and being able and to read that in each other is yeah. also really good and I was saying it's that considering and the thing that I thought of, of being able to read the other person or consider the other person is when when Chris came and um and particularly if you were kind of tired and not not in a great mood so Chris and I have a lot of banter and we just like take the piss out of each other a lot and sometimes if you're tired you were just not in the mood for it yeah. and you'd be like not around me not towards me because you know if you're feeling tired and stuff you just you know we don't have the headspace i guess to yeah. take it and so for us it was that we could continue our kind of banter but like appreciating like debbie's not in the mood for him yeah so. and i think that kind of helped in a way you were just like yes someone i can really joke with. like you you and i have a joke but like someone you can almost rip out of each other and you know it's joking yeah. and that's totally fine and guys actually that's not a part of my character i'm not that kind of person yeah. but i think if you've got two people that you're you know you're joking you're just having a bit of fun with it kind of thing and hannah and chris can do this and there are times now that i know i can laugh about it because i know they're not being serious at each other yeah. but chris and hannah can properly have like good <laughs> ripping moments at each other but I suppose it's that kind of, and you know, and I can kind of get by without doing it. And I, I guess he can as well. But I suppose if, you know, if he was wanting to be joking and you weren't in the mood, it was almost good to have someone else so yeah. like we could have a joke and um, wind each other up and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I think that's like reading when it's, you know, when it's okay to have that kind of friendly banter and when it's 
someone is not in the right mood for it and it's not going to be taken as friendly banter. It's if yeah. you're feeling a bit sensitive or vulnerable already mm. because you're tired or you're hungry or homesick or whatever, then if someone, even if they're like just gently teasing in a way that normally be fine, mm. it's going to feel more. Yeah. I'm trying to think back to like the those four months of traveling and like it was only four months but i feel like we went through quite not as in us a friendship but we went through a lot of experiences mm. together um and cultures and one of the experiences i really remember test and it was testing in the time and when i look back on it i realized that now but i didn't realize it in that moment mm. so um for any of you know what Uluru is mm. and airs rock um it's in the center of australia it's um basically a rock um but sacred it's a sacred rock because aboriginal people really have a lot of history and heritage to that area and they have a lot of beliefs surrounding um Ayers rock um and when we went from cairns to alice springs we really noticed the temperature difference mm. so we hadn't realized stupidly that we had booked the um uluru trip in the height of summer in Aus- mid-december yeah in australia which in the center of australia is like a <laughs> furnace um and we didn't really re- realize what we were going to encounter with the temperature mm. and kind of the humidity side of it as well um so we got there and like tried to adjust and i didn't do well um but as the days went on i just got worse i did not cope well in the temperature and the humidity um my my fiance says to me he will never take me back to that temperature ever again (laughs) intentionally um because i just turned ratty i was didn't sleep well which is hannah's already explained is not a good (laughs) thing for me um it meant i didn't really want to eat well which as we know is not a good thing for me um and it just made me very ratty and very easily bite at anything like and just really wasn't happy person i guess and that would take a real toll i think on hannah and chris and it's something it happened mm. you know and i think as soon as i got into an air-conditioned room after that trip i slowly within a few hours kind of came back to normal and hannah and chris were like oh my gosh she's back thank you god but i think that's where that you know having that that friendship and, and knowing each other because you know even if someone is being a bit challenging <laughs> that's, that's nice i was gonna say nightmare but that was not true but you know if you can kind of get like it's not personal it's because they're you know struggling struggling and so you know chris is like i'm just not taking you back to that temperature it's like not holding it against you it's not like remember that one time when you yeah. did this. it's just going do you know what let's not go back anywhere really hot again mm. <laughs> like that um so yeah i think that with a good friendship yeah you know that's what that's what comes absolutely and i think what i'm trying to highlight guys is i recognize that as one of my areas where i know i really struggled and i maybe wasn't the nicest friend in that moment um but it really testified to the kind of friendship hannah and i have and also obviously my fiance and the kind of relationship we have where they understand they may not understand what you're going through in that moment but they are understanding that you are having an issue Mm. and that you just need to go through it and that you won't be like that forever um and that was really good of them um, but Hannah, I wonder for you if there was like a moment in traveling when you were just like, I'm really struggling in this, whether that's because of the closeness that we literally had all the time or whether it was just the culture. I don't know. I don't think so with traveling. I mean, I think sometimes the any personal space thing, 
The thing that I found, the thing that worried me the most, or I found quite difficult, was when we were in Peru and I was like, and I had realised that I didn't think I could afford to do all the travelling. Mm. Bringing that up because that was either like, you know, you're going to have to go on by yourself, which wasn't in the original plan, or have to change as well, and that responsibility for that. So I think broaching that subject and having that conversation, I think I got quite emotional about. Mm. And that that kind of money is something that I'm traditionally not very good at, um, trying to be better with. But I think there's so much emotional stuff around money as well. And when yeah. it's, so well, I think that was the thing that made me the most. I think for any of us in our life, it's a vulnerability to have to be able to go, I'm struggling with finances, whether mm. that's everyday life, whether that's to save for something particular like a holiday or a well, travelling trip. When we, when we were saving, I'm not great at saving, so I would just send my money to Debbie. <laughs> with like, here's my savings. Uh, so Debbie helped me save for travelling. But I think like finances can be quite a difficult thing and there's such a vulnerability in it and something to be vulnerable and honest with someone about that is actually quite difficult. Um, and I think it also shows a level of trust, doesn't absolutely. it? Because it's like, here's a lot of money for travelling. So, you know, fortunately, Debbie obviously values my friendship enough not yes. to run off with my mm. couple of thousand pounds. <laughs> well, oh, thanks. Yeah, no. Um, but, that's very good. but I think since we've we've come back... We it was weird at first, wasn't it, to be like, "Oh, where's Debbie?" <laughs> so I remember arriving back, and Hannah's um fiance picked us up um from the airport. It wasn't and... my fiance at the time, but he is now. He is now. Um, so we got back, and they dropped me off at my parents' house, where I would be moving back into after travelling. Um, and I remember saying bye to Hannah and being like, "This is weird. Like, I'm hugging Hannah goodbye. Of course, she wants to have time with Marcus, but I'm just like, actually." she's not going to be in the room tonight when I go to sleep or the fact I'm going to have to message Hannah tonight to say goodnight rather than <laughs> actually go night yeah. and it, it was it did take a little bit of time to get used to that and mm. I think when like we went our separate ways at that point after you dropped me at my parents we saw each other a few days after that actually um around the Christmas period mm. and we were both just like yay you're yeah. here well because I think that's the thing like lots of people are like oh you know are you <clears throat> has it affected the friendship are you kind of sick of each other but I feel like we were Closer, closer after traveling and which i guess is you know we're really lucky that actually we're our our characters are really compatible yeah. in that way for spending a lot of time together um but also i think gave us that opportunity for you know deeper communication and yeah. developing trust because we have both had times where we weren't feeling great we were feeling vulnerable and then the other person kind of supporting so when we were going into the amazon and i had a really upset tummy and i was not well um you know it's not fun when you're doing like a bus journey let alone yeah so we did an overnight bus that hannah bless her had to endure and really wasn't well for bless her and then um we then arrive and we're literally sat around for ages in quite a humid environment um hannah's trying to lay on this bed and just kind of get through it and survive bless her and then yeah. we're going into the amazon rainforest going to an eco lodge that we're like well we don't know what state of eco lodge yeah. we're literally about to arrive at but we were so blessed because we'd booked with this company that when we arrived at this eco lodge there was a proper bathroom when yeah. you've got an upset stomach guys we all know you need toilet facilities that are decent and there was a good shower that hannah could just have as many showers as she wanted shower. and she had a bed that she had a, a mosquito net over so she could properly like not get bit and they were really really recover yeah and they were really good at trying to give me like just like bread and rice and rice and stuff that you know as my stomach was um was getting better you know because obviously that's not what they catered for um but they were really good at that 
But I think, like, if we think about now, because we're supposed to be talking about, well, I mean, we're talking about friendship, but also talking about traveling. Sorry, guys, a lot lot of this is coming out (laughs) as traveling. I guess what we're trying to do is talk about our friendship through the experience of traveling because it was such a big thing, I think, for for the two of us, really, in our friendship. Um, Because I think we were close before, you know, definitely, Mm. but I think much closer after. And I think now we, we still try and see each other you know, regularly when we can. Um, but we try and have, I think, like a weekly chat, chat um, and catch up. And that's really nice just to, I mean, obviously we, we can message each other as well, but so to have like a phone call or sometimes mm. if the signal's not good, we just do voice messages backwards and forwards, which is essentially what a phone call is, isn't mm. it? There's a bit more of a delay. And one of the good things about that, by the way, is that you can multitask around the house because you don't have to stand in one spot of your house with such a good signal. You well, can move around being like, I'm doing some washing up yeah. and I'm doing the washing and all these different things, but you can still get in between these voice mm. chats. So it's very good Although tip. I quite often phone Debbie when I'm cooking because the, the signal's fine in the kitchen, so just maybe a bit of chopping. Um, so maybe a point to take from that, guys, is having a good signal is actually quite wise, but we're not to revert to messen- uh, yeah. messages, like voice messages well, on I Messenger. Think the voice messages, because obviously text messaging is nice, um, but some, there is something sometimes about hearing someone's voice um, that just feels more connected or more personal or something. So I think if you, you know, it's easy just to hold your finger down and record the voice message, what you want to say, but it feels more... I don't know, connected or more personal in some way, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I have um, one thing that I'd like to ask you about. Oh. Reference to friendships. I've got some other questions for you in a minute. But I think, so obviously on the podcast, I talk about um, a little bit about my own mental health yeah. experiences and depression and anxiety and stuff. And... And I know there have been times where if I'm if I'm feeling low, I tend to shut myself away and not be so responsive. So I apologise to anyone who tries to message me and then I'm a bit slow because sometimes I'll read it, but I might not have the headspace to communicate or I'm just like hibernating basically. Um, and I know that's something that quite early on we'd had a conversation about because I think if you message someone and you don't hear from them, mm. the, the, the thing that you interpret it as sometimes is like they don't want to talk to they me they don't want to talk oh, to what's me wrong with me yeah yeah i've upset them i've yeah. whatever but we had a conversation i think quite early on about it and it's about that honest communication yeah i think i in theory knew that you had moments when you would need your downtime of just mm. no communication with anyone whether that's talking person text stuff and calls etc um but and I don't, I can't even comprehend to say that I fully understand it even now. But I had a greater understanding of it while traveling mm. because I could see it happen in the moment. Um, and that has really helped me now. Mm. So that, guys, if I try and call Hannah and I don't get her or get a call back or any messages, etc., I don't get responses to, I don't take it personally. And I accept that she's incredibly busy. <laughs> this woman here with me is just forever on the move. Like, I am in awe of all the things that Hannah achieved in her life and she's always inspiring me um, with all the different things, whether that's her work ethic her and her studying ethic, um, also how she volunteers and she does works with charities, etc. Um, and so one, Hannah's a very busy woman, but also she just needs that downtime sometimes. And I don't take it to heart, I think initially right back at the beginning of our friendship I might have, mm. but I know you quite well now. So I think mm. for that, I just go, that's okay. She'll and be I'm back sure, in touch when yeah, she can. I'm sure we had a conversation where I think you met, sent me a message and we're just like, oh, I'm sorry if I've upset you or mm. something like that. And it was 
like no it's not it's not you it's me um but it really is but i think that's that's important and i guess um you know you, you can like i said you can kind of know something but still not really know, know it. it so actually the traveling like really helped to be like okay okay it's not just she's saying it's not me but it is but it really isn't me it's mm. um it's the the situation and i think also there's so there's that kind of acceptance of that sometimes just how i am but i think also hopefully you know that if you really needed me even if i wasn't in a good headspace if you text me i was like i really need you that you know i would be there be there yeah absolutely and i think that's i can't speak for everyone in this but i can say it for myself that that's definitely what defines some of my friendships with some of my friends that i know i can message some of them and be like I need you I'm really sorry but I really need you and they will be there whether it's on a phone call calling like what can I do or if it's there in person and going right I'm here what you know you really need me come on and there's some friends that just can't give that in that moment Mm. and that's not to say that that friendship isn't important still but it's just a different type of friendship Mm. I think also sometimes it's you know if you're on the other side it's maybe that reading you know between the lines if you like and then them saying like I'm fine and you know they're not fine Mm. and then you offer something and they say no but you know they need it and I remember before you were feeling quite down or quite sad yeah and so I was like I'm coming yeah but so just to give a bit of context to that situation I um I um I'm originally from Bristol and I'm born and bred there I've lived there pretty much most well very much most of my life I've literally lived there um all but two years of my life and I then moved to the countryside, um, well, it's probably about an hour from Bristol, and I went from living with people to living by myself for the first time ever in my life, and I was quite ill as well, and I was coming to the end of a week where I'd seen literally no one, and there was no human contact, and I hadn't really spoken to many people because I didn't have the energy, I was so ill, and Hannah, bless her, was just like, do you want some company? And I was like, the last thing I want to do is make you ill. And Hannah's like, yeah, my immune system's fine, I'll just come. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, because I don't want you ill. And Hannah basically just took, didn't take no for an answer. She was like, look, I'm coming, just open the door. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I'll deal with being ill. If I, I yeah. didn't get ill. No, she didn't. Um, but it was so nice in that moment. I think Hannah could really tell in my voice and kind of how I was talking as well that I was in need of company and that wasn't what, what was making me ill but <laughs> it, it was definitely one of the attributing factors to maybe me feeling even worse than I actually was mm. um, and I was really in need of that company and just a few other things going on at that point that I just needed to really discuss and Hannah was just really good in recognizing that in mm. me in that moment and just being like look I've got a free Saturday I am coming like and it was so nice to have a friend kind of intervene in a nice way mm. in that yeah sense. yeah yeah, and it is that kind of, yeah, like you said, like being able to tell that they, even if they said they're fine and they don't need this, actually, you know, they really... Yeah, I think I think it's nice to be able to do that with your friends, especially like your really close friends. Yeah. But not but in a pushy way. No, no a... <laughs> I was about to say, I think that's really difficult sometimes to also judge that because... I have another friend who's a really close friend of mine and if she, I'm like, oh, how you doing? And she's like, yeah, I'm great. And I look at her and she looks at me and I'm like, now tell me the truth. Because I think so many of us can have that natural response of, yeah, I'm doing really well, I'm great, kind of thing. Really put on this upbeat voice, really try and make it all sound really positive. When really inside, we're really struggling. And this other friend of mine, I've really got to recognise how she says it when she doesn't mean it, maybe. And we have that level of friendship with each other that we can go cut the crap, 
no let's actually have the truth and we have that with each other and that's really cool and i know hannah you and i have that too um and it's really but nice to have I, that. I, th- I think we probably are just at the level where if you're not good you just say it rather yeah, than that but i also think sometimes um if i know for example hannah's really having a really busy hectic week and my stuff feels maybe quite miniature in the grand scheme mm. of things. I maybe will hold it back slightly until mm. I know that Hannah's in a headspace that she can take. Like, I mm. think she can take it. Yeah. But I just, can always take it. Exactly. But I feel like sometimes you can protect <laughs> your friends. Yeah. Thinking they've got too much on so they can't help you in what you're suffering yeah. with. But I think sometimes it's that if you've got a lot on and you're wrapped up in your own stuff in your head, it's almost good in a way to think about someone else's stuff. Because it gives you some space from your own or it gives you, I don't know, like a different perspective. And I suppose it depends what the stuff is. Yeah. But for me, yeah, I I mean, I get a lot of um, meaning, I guess, from being there for people, helping people. That's like my whole hmm. reason to live, whatever. So actually you know, being there for people in whatever way and helping people, I find really rewarding and really positive. And I think if I'm in that headspace of I'm listening to this person, I'm helping that person, I get a buzz from it. And it, yeah, it gives me a break from my stuff. Mm. Um, But, yeah. What I would say is I love that about you, but I also think not everyone has that ability to do that. And I think at times... It's not that we shouldn't be giving to our friends and going, yeah, we're going to listen to you. But I think that we also need to be careful that if you've got a lot on your plate and you're really struggling with your own mental health or you're struggling with just everything going on in life in that moment, Mm. that I don't think there's a a bad negative thing about protecting yourself Mm. and being like, if that person genuinely needs me and they literally need me physically right there in that moment and something is terribly wrong, okay. But if I can say can't take your call right now can i call you in two days mm. i think that's okay as well and i yeah. think it's about knowing yourself and mentally knowing your own mental health and well-being yeah and going i need to deal with something i'm dealing with right now unless yours is an emergency mm. can i call you in two days yeah yeah because you you know you're very very right you have to look after yourself and sometimes if you're not in that space hopefully you know the friend is receptive if you say i'm i'm sorry i can't mm. um i love you if it's an emergency i'm here for you but can i can i and i think as well sometimes just communicating when your headspace is maybe in a different space so for example guys i came to hannah this time to see her for overnight um we, we go to each other's houses at different points um and i know when i arrived today and i just said to hannah just be aware of like my headspace i'm i've just come from a situation that was quite intense and quite difficult um i'm here and we're gonna have a great time and a good laugh but i just need you to be aware that my headspace i just need to come down from that a bit Mm. and to be able to kind of verbalize that to hannah so hannah knew if i was making facial expressions or (laughs) um which i had done getting in the car and she she was like what's going on um or any just random little comments we make that it's it's not about the current situation in you're just coming off of a situation that Mm. maybe was difficult and i think communicating that with the person you're with in that present moment is really kind of helpful Mm. you don't need to share what the detail was you don't need to uncover someone else in their situation that you've just come from i think it's just good to communicate it so that those right there in front of you in that moment know it's not them Mm. yeah yeah and i think it all i guess comes back to 
I guess, you know, for us, the, the real important bits of our friendship or any friendship, I guess, is about that trust and that communication mm. and being non-judgmental and being like supportive. And I think one of the things that we do when we talk, I think about it, is like, we'll say that we love each other because, mm. you know, and it's not like awkward. And I think that's really important to be like, well, you know, you do love your friends and, mm. and it's, and you want to kind of, I don't know, share that and that, that you know when you're you're doing things you're thinking about the other person and you're doing things out of love and so even if you do or say something that maybe comes across as harsh if you're doing it from a, a good place yeah yeah definitely I think some people will be like oh you tell each other you love each other that's really soppy um it's not soppy at all actually and it is genuinely a genuine friendship love of like no I love the character you are I love your individuality there's nothing about you that I want to change or be like, you're frustrating me kind of thing. It's about going, no, you are un your own unique self. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate you. Mm. And I love that. Mm. Yeah. And I think uh, I had something that I thought, but it's gone now. <laughs> what was it? Oh, I think, yeah, I think um, recently because Debbie got engaged recently. And so I think sometimes, you know, when something like that happens, we sometimes have this urge to be like really over involved or really like oh I think you should have this or I think you should do that and make it about us rather than about the person and so I really tried to be like well, we're talking about wedding dresses and I was like well I have some thoughts about what you like but I don't want to be all like this is what I think because mm -hmm. this is your moment and your time to think about you what you want before suddenly everyone sends you all their ideas yeah and so i don't know what my point is about this i guess about... i guess it's about going you have every right to be you as an individual and to gain your thoughts before someone else give you their yeah. opinion and... and if you want my opinion you can ask for it and saying yeah. i've got some ideas but i don't want to be straight away going like oh i saw this dress and thought you always saw this because that's your experience and it's for you I guess to reach out if you want people to share their thoughts because it could be I guess quite overwhelming if you suddenly get inundated with everyone telling you what you want and then you know and so it was just that kind of yeah like I think some weddings well unfortunately in the past we all know stereotypically weddings can be a lot of pressure of well the mum of the bride thinks this or the father of the bride thinks that or the mother and father of the groom think this and it's like hang on a minute let's go back to the bride and groom and what they want and or as a friend to the bride and groom and going you guys have what you want at the end of the mm. day if you want my help and my input i'll be there yeah. or i'll be on well, the end of the phone but if you don't that's fine yeah. well i think there can be sometimes a lot of with weddings and with your friend's wedding i guess that kind of you know wanting to be involved and be i guess feel an important enough friend to be involved and i think that can be difficult to be like do you know what it's their to do that like it's their day if they want me involved in, in whatever way that is their choice and not to be offended or trying to control it or mm. whatever and so actually I'm lucky because I get married in July and I wasn't gonna have any bridesmaids to start with because we're just having like a low-key thing and then I realized that if it was just me and the mums getting ready that would be intense so <laughs> I have now Debbie as my my only bridesmaid or maid of honor or whatever but i think it's just it's quite quite chilled hopefully i'm not been or will not be a bridezilla you have not been a bridezilla but, but i also am quite conscious of on the day 
yes there might be things that go with being a maid of honor but like debbie is not my staff <laughs> so i don't want it to be like oh well, the maid of honor can sort out everything like i also don't want to be sorting out everything but it's you're a guest as well i want you to enjoy it you're not like they're working for me no. and i don't know weddings yeah weddings but um, I guess from a different perspective, guys, to give you as well, like we are two people here sat on a bed. Uh, we're both engaged. Mm -hmm. Hannah's wedding is um, this year. Mine mm -hmm. is not for another two years. So something else I've been, um, I haven't even discussed this with Hannah yet, mm -hmm. so you're going to get it live on the recording. Ooh. So something else I have been very aware of that is when Hannah talks to me about her wedding stuff and it's this year, so totally mm -hmm. understandable why. And can I just say there is never too much wedding talk, so it's totally <laughs> fine. Um, I need to be very, I want to be respectful of the fact that mine isn't for another two years. So I need to just be careful because I don't want to keep talking about mine when Hannah's is way before mine. But we had a conversation the other day and you just booked or seen your wedding venue and I was asking about it. He's like, yeah, but my wedding is not two years. It's like, yeah, but this is exciting news. Let's talk about it. So what I would say, guys, is even in this friendship that is a decade and a half old, mm. you know, that actually there are still these little bits that, Yes, we know each other very well, but there's these bits that we don't dance around each other with. I don't think that's the right expression, but we're I'm careful around because I want Hannah's wedding to have the attention. You know, I've got plenty of time to be doing the little intricate details of mine and stuff like that. And that doesn't need to happen till way after Hannah's. So I am trying to be conscious of the fact that I want Hannah's wedding to have the attention it deserves and to Hannah to have the day that she wants it to be mm. and when Hannah asked me to be her bridesmaid and gave me the very private reasons why that was the case I was I felt very touched and honoured actually because she trust entrusted me with something that she didn't feel she could ask a lot of people to do but she knew that I would be there to support her in those things that she'd asked the support in and be there in that moment to kind of just do that with her and that really meant a lot to me and it's something I'm really looking forward to doing on the day with her and the lead up to the wedding as well with her as, as much and as little as she wishes and I am definitely on a weekly basis reminding myself that yes it's great to get excited about my own wedding but I want to get excited about Hannah's first guys because <laughs> Hannah's is going to be awesome like just hearing some of the things that her and her fiance it's are organizing very uh untraditional Yes, and I think that's going to be awesome because I think a wedding needs to really describe the couple getting married. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say, by the way, that Hannah and her fiancé are, like, there's no traditional parts of them. But at the same We're time... We're a bit weird. I wouldn't basically. say weird, but I would say it. there's not many traditional elements to them. But actually, their friends and family love that about them. Mm. And I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm consciously at the moment really trying to make sure I don't talk about my own too much. But, but Hannah is very willing to hear it and she's very <laughs> giving in that sense. Um, but that is still something that even now, after a decade and a half, Hannah and I are still learning these new little fresh things about each mm. other as we go through different stages of life. Well, and I think that that point about kind of it's about considering your friend and, you know, the things that are important to them. It, it's not making things all about you. And I think that comes from two things. It comes from having a really secure friendship so that you're not feeling like you need to prove it. Yeah. Um, but also I think it comes from having a sense of personal security in yourself that you can take the backseat in certain situations. Yeah. You don't have to make it all about you because you have enough kind of self-esteem or self-confidence, yeah. whatever, to be like, do you know what? this isn't all about me and that's fine that doesn't affect you know who I am as a person or whatever 
So I think it's both. It's about that security of friendship, but also security of self, I guess, to be able to take a back seat and it be okay. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And I'm just looking forward to your wedding day and just the fun we're going to have with it all, to Mm. be honest with you, and all the little interesting little bits. Yeah, but I am also very happy to talk about your wedding because I think yours will be a lot (laughs) of fun as well. Um, But I can't remember what I was going to (laughs) say. That's (laughs) fair point. Um, Is there other questions? Because I feel like there's some other questions There are some other questions. questions. Well, there's lots of questions about friends. I do have another general question about friendship. Okay. Um, Because I guess... We um we talk a lot on the podcast about mental well being and mental health and support and and I guess, you know, I've talked about my own mental health experiences. And so I wonder as a friend who is supporting someone who is maybe going through difficult times and you are an amazing friend at supporting me and, and supporting your other friends I know through difficult times, do you have any kind of advice or anything about if you have a friend going through a tough time and you're the person who's supporting oh good question Mm. that feels like such a big question that i could take forever (laughs) to think about before even answering um kind of being put on the spot with that one but i'll do my best um one is a really simple one but so key and actually something else you and i were talking about in a different situation today listening Mm. Listening to that person, whether it's in a text, it's in a voice message on Messenger, it's over a telephone, it's in person. It's listening to that person and sometimes they do want you to interject at different intervals as they talk. And sometimes they want to just talk until they finally run out of breath and need to take a few minutes to breathe. And it's learning to read that friend and realise what they need in that moment. And as much as you may be biting at the bit to go, oh, but I want to say, <laughs> it's just letting them talk. Mm. And that is so much easier said than done sometimes. But I think if we practice it, um, it becomes a little easier. Mm. Um, so I would definitely say that. Um, not taking it to heart when you don't get responses from people is definitely one that I've learned. Um, but my gosh, like, yeah, just... I think having friends that have mental health, I wouldn't say an issue, but a mental health thing that they're maybe struggling with in the moment. Um, Also, the worst thing I think you can ever say is, I understand how you feel. I think saying that to anyone with, whether it's a physical health issue, mental health issue, saying that to them is just like a punch in the face, I would imagine, because it's like, no, you flipping don't know how I feel. Um, And I think it's just a no-no, you just don't say it. You just don't go there. You can be like, I maybe can slightly relate to or try and think i understand how you feel but to say i understand how you feel it's just a no you just don't mm. do that and i think some people maybe will will take it okay but and it may be in the maybe in the spirit is meant depending on how it's meant but i think that it's one of those phrases people are like oh i know how you feel or i understand how you feel and it's like well no one can understand how you feel as an individual because they're not you mm. but i think that kind of going well I can imagine how I would feel in that situation yeah. or something like similar happened to me and I know how I felt then. Mm. So, you know, I can kind of... I think as well, um, if you've not been through the experience that person is struggling with in any way, shape or form, mm. I think to give advice in that is 
it can be sometimes unhelpful and mm. sometimes a bit dangerous because mm. yeah you've got no nothing to relate to to give the advice you're giving mm. and to sit back and be able to say i'm really sorry i don't know how to advise you right now but i can be here for you to be a shoulder to cry on i can be here to um come around and help you with something physical in the house like come around and help you clean that will make you feel like everything's not maybe so cluttered um whatever your practical th thing you can do to help them it's not a solution but it's a way of helping them through little bits mm. um that sometimes is helpful as well um mm. but yeah i find for myself one of the big the big keys things key things we've said is that listening mm. yeah and i think you know if you're having a difficult time sometimes it's you don't even know how you feel sometimes but having someone just listen and they're not trying to solve it they're not jumping in and making it about them they just give you space and listen there's something so powerful in being able to just let stuff out and you know share your story or yeah just kind of you know go through it and also I think doing that you know saying to someone that kind of if you like if you don't know what to say just saying I don't know what to say but I am like I'm here and you I, know I think as well um you can have a really close friendship with someone say like Hannah and I it's not something Hannah and I have come across but if Hannah turned to me and was having a really bad moment or time of um a season of life and she turned to me and said I don't feel I can discuss this with you I wouldn't take that as it's me there's something wrong with me there's something that I can't help her with and oh bo boohoo our friendship it's actually of actually I don't think you can help me mm. so in that moment I would really do my best where I possibly could mm. to go okay I can't but who can and mm. how can we get you in contact with them mm. and I think there's also you know I think there are, there are some things that I possibly you know, you maybe have different friends and there are maybe some things that I think actually this might make Debbie feel uncomfortable to talk about or it might be awkward or something. Yeah. So actually I'm going to discuss it with someone else who I also trust, yeah. who, you know, and that's, it's not that I don't think that you would listen or help, but it's also that kind of being aware of the other person and what, how it might affect them or impact them and yeah and also their life experience mm. yeah yeah so yeah, yeah that's kind of that but um i would also say like can i say for myself that mm. i have ever suffered with or gone through periods of depression um no i haven't um i have a lot of compassion for those that have um but it's not to say that i've not had periods when i felt quite mentally drained and I felt quite negative about myself and quite down. Um, I do have moments that reoccur, I can say at the moment, where I look at myself physically and I'm not happy. And that's not guys thinking about my beauty or anything like that. It's about my physical health and looking at my body and going, it's ugly, I don't like it. Um, which I think every human on the planet, when you're a man or a woman, etc., um, I think we can all go through those moments. Um, but I'm also really trying to practice the mental health of going, just because I haven't been able to do the physical strength and the healthy eating, etc. previously, up till now, doesn't mean that that's what defines my future. Mm. And so I'm really trying my best to do the whole, 
okay, you've had a chocolate bar today. That's okay. Acknowledge it and be aware of it. Just don't make it an everyday occurrence. You know, yeah. if you're going to have a treat, have a treat. And it's something I'm really trying to teach myself of don't let yourself, well, for me anyway, I'm really trying to teach myself to not let me myself get into a spiral of negativity about my physical mm. body. Um, and really try and teach myself that you need to love yourself. Mm. And you need to love who you are mentally, emotionally, and physically. And that's not an easy project. Mm. It's something you can be teaching yourself time and time again through your whole life. Mm. And, and excuse it, me, it's a reoccurring lesson. And it's something I, I've said before on the podcast. It's about you know, like being a friend to yourself as well. Yeah. Because I think so much of what we say to ourselves... We would not say to a friend. No. Like, if we did, they would not be our friend. <laughs> you know? Like, um, so it's, you know, thinking about all those things that we've said about friends and having that same compassion towards yourself mm. and same caring, yeah, towards yourself. Yeah, I mean, for Hannah to... If Hannah were to ever say to me, I'm, I'm ugly, can I just say that Hannah is certainly not ugly? She's a very beautiful woman. Um, and... Actually, inside and what out. I want to say is also I'm trying to get better at taking compliments so so I'm like can go oh thanks and not feel massively awkward yeah. it doesn't mean I'm like sat here like oh yes I am absolutely stunning but because I think sometimes we're like oh no 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 I'm not I'm awkward and actually trying to just mm. listen to what people say and take it so continue but what I would say is I if Hannah were to sit here and say I'm say of herself that she's mm. ugly I wouldn't in no way shape or form allow that comment to be said in my presence and not correct her and I don't mean like I'd be sitting her down and giving her a lecture and be like you sit there and you listen I don't mean it like that what I mean is I would be like Hannah you're not you and I would build her up and I would encourage her and actually speak truth mm. it's not just building her up with encouragement it's building her up with truth mm. and I feel as friends we need to do that for each other a lot more than we recognize that we need to mm. and I feel like really speaking that truth over those women and whether you actually even if you're guy friends as well and guys to guys and women to women and vice versa Mm. it doesn't have to be all about the women um i feel like it's so important to build each other up don't drag them down Mm. and really really build them up in the truth in their character truths and don't just do the generic ones be specific to that individual Mm. and really build them up in all the things that they are amazing at and I think it means so much to do that for one another. Mm. And like, we don't take enough time to do it. Mm. Oh, look, we should do, we should do that now. Uh, so, here <laughs> go, a little challenge uh, is to, like, I don't know, one thing that you particularly love about me and vice versa or something like that. So, oh boy, here we one, go, guys, so on the one thing, spot. One thing, like, specific, not generic. okay mine for hannah would be i love that hannah is generous in her giving of her time you've said that quite a few times and i I mean it though (laughs) i really and i don't mean to just keep repeating something but it Mm. brings truth in you so many times hannah that you are and that's with your friendships that's with your work that's with your charity giving that's with your like volunteering and i love recently as well that you've also decided to give that time to yourself Mm. And you've been generous in giving that to yourself. Now, here's a bit of a backstory for Hannah. Hannah did uni. And beyond that, she's gone on to study so many different things and degrees. And 
I mean, come on, Hannah, how many degrees and everything else have like have you got qualifications <laughs> in? Like Hannah has probably obviously it's not the whole alphabet, but she has a lot of letters after yeah, her quite, name. And Hannah doesn't brag about this, okay guys, but Hannah is forever doing a ne- the next course or the next degree or the next whatever comes after that. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Um Hannah is forever doing this and for Hannah to give herself time away from studying or work and actually to focus on something that's for her, it's so nice to see Hannah do that. And it happens to be that Hannah's doing a ton of like in the gym and actually finding an exercise that she loves. And I know she's spoken about it on the podcast. Um, it is not that it's exercise that I love. It's the fact that she's uh, giving her time to herself and prior- prioritizing herself in amongst all the time that she gives to other people. And that's been really nice to see that. Mm. That's quite a new thing, I think. When I before I started the podcast, and I've talked about this before, that kind of getting to a point where I was like, I'm not right, and I wasn't okay with that. Mm. So it's that kind of getting, I you know, I need to change something, and that involved, yeah, being nicer to myself and and that kind of thing. So my my thing for Debbie is, I think what I what I love about Debbie, many things I love about Debbie, <laughs> but I think. Debbie has got such a big heart and is such a loving person you know to everyone and I think you know she always tries to see the best in people and she's not judgmental in any way and I think even if she doesn't agree with your choices or decisions like she still accepts you because they're your decisions so she doesn't try you know and she she doesn't judge you for them she still loves the people in her life and she accepts them and and I think that she's such a warm person um and I guess also really generous with your time and and kind of what you give to Mm. people as well but I always feel that supported by you and I always feel that whatever it is even if it's a life decision that you completely disagree with Mm. that you'll still accept me that you'll still you know so I think that's one of the things that I appreciate yeah the most about because I think that's the thing about friendship I think you can it's absolutely imperative that you are your own individual self and I think if you try and change yourself to be like your your partner your husband your fiance or you try and change yourself to be like your friends because they'll accept you more you're not being your true self Mm. and guys it's something I've really been trying to recently in the last few weeks even think not negatively oh I'm not being my true self it's going am I being my true self and just kind of rechecking in with myself and going, mm. am I being my true self? And if I'm not, why am I not? Do mm. I feel I need to put this facade on? Mm. Now, I don't feel I'm being fake with people. I feel like I am being my true self, which is nice and reassuring in myself to know that. But it's something I have to question with myself and make sure I was doing. Mm. And I think checking in with yourself is actually really wise. Mm. So important. I think so we can go through life that's so out of touch with ourselves mm. um, and what's going on and... And it can be difficult, I think, to learn at first, to develop that self-awareness and to, mm. to check on yourself and to be honest. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And I feel like, yeah, you've got to be your true self and honest with yourself in who you are. And that can sometimes be scary as hell to show that to the world. Mm. But your friends who are your friends will accept that. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say that if they don't accept that, that they're awful people etc I'm not trying to say that at all I'm just trying to say they're in a different headspace to you right now and they they will come to learn and to love you as you are or they will have been a friendship for a season yeah but I also think maybe 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> I think also that maybe there are different, like, almost like levels of friendship. There yeah. might be people that are maybe not, they're more than an acquaintance, but they're not that kind of deep level of friendship. That they're, I don't know, maybe there's someone that you go to certain events with because you've got a shared interest and you have fun together. But maybe it could be that they're new and that you don't have that deep level of trust. Or it mm. could be that it's just a different relationship and mm. but I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that no that's... not at all um something I guess for me mental health I can relate to a few years back I'm not going to go into too much detail but Hannah will understand when I start talking okay. about it um so I went through a situation probably I'm trying to think of the year um probably six years ago now and a lot of what I've been brought up to think um it kind of all came crash, crashing down around me. Um, so I won't go into the context of that because that would be uncovering other people. Um, but something that was really prominent in my life kind of fell crashing around me. And it made my trust of everyone around me minuscule. Mm. And I had to really learn trust. And for those of you out there who are feeling like, yep, that's me, whatever your situation has been, and your, that trust has been broken, that is so difficult especially if you're like it wasn't just one person it was a lot of people around you mm. that that has been broken because you then feel like well I've got no one around me except maybe one or two people that I now feel I can be that like my true self with and you almost shy away from being your true self because it's just like I can't trust anyone with that and that was a really difficult time for me and I feel like my friends kind of well not that they maybe knew it at the time but they had to let me like cocoon myself inward and just be like focus on me focus on me I can't trust anyone else and eventually I kind of let more people in and I kind of started opening up a bit about why I'd been maybe um like holding people at arm's length for a while mm. and I had to relearn that that trust in people and um I was so so thankful that my friends that I hold closest to my heart really understood that time for me in sense of like yeah that's fine debbie just needs that time um and there were some friends that didn't get it mm. and that was really difficult and i had to kind of not end those friendships but kind of remain and keep them arm's length mm. and not let them completely see everything right up close and that was difficult to have to learn um but i got through it and hannah was one of those friends that really did give me the patience and the time that i needed to really kind of just cocoon myself and then kind of flourish a bit like a butterfly if you want to say um you know I'm not multicolored. I'm not gonna go down that line but um but yeah like definitely I kind of came out of my cocoon and I was ready to kind of flourish again and kind mm. of actually be like okay let's try this trust thing a little bit a little time and a, that was definitely a mental health kind of period of time mm. for me that was really difficult and it takes time and I don't think you can just be like yep mental health is that you switch it's fine it's back to normal I don't think it's an easy fix mm. I think it's something that we all need to at times take time to mm. really understand in ourselves and what we're trying to figure out why we're struggling mm. and that's not always possible and I think as a friend that appreciating that things take time is really important and that it takes the amount of time it takes for that person and for example, if someone's going through grief, mm. because that takes time. And just because this other person that you know got through it really quickly doesn't mean They're that another person is going to. Yeah. It might take longer. And appreciating that it takes time. And and it might be longer than, than you think it 
should take or it would take you and that's in it's unique to the individual mm. and appreciating that and being there and not trying to rush someone through whatever that process is where they're trying to cope and trying to come to terms with their new reality mm. just giving that that space mm. absolutely yeah. i think we can tie that in with the listening can't we of just mm. allowing them that time to be the listener and mm. you're the listener while they talk to you sorry mm. um and allowing them that time mm. Time is a powerful weapon. Time is powerful. I'm just, I keep um, tapping my phone just to check the battery's not going to die and then we'll be like talking about great stuff and it won't be cool. <laughs> um, I'm also conscious though. We've been talking for quite a long time already, uh, which is fine. It's great. But I've got my standard questions okay. that I'm going to ask you, but I have to try and remember them all because I don't have them written down, but I'm pretty sure I've got them down. Uh, so my first question to you. Yes, Debbie. Is... What always boosts your mood? What Ooh. brings you joy? Joy is one of Hannah's buzzwords. It is one of my buzzwords, Deb's nose. What brings me joy? Um, apart from me. Obviously. Of course, apart from <laughs> Hannah, yes. No, I would say there is no order to this at all. Um, we're currently in one of the winter months, so it's quite cold outside. Um, and seeing flowers. Okay. Maybe puts a smile on my face and being like, yay, colour's coming back to the world. <laughs> um, and yeah, that really kind of helps me go, oh, the life's coming back to these um, these dead plants and borders of England where it mm. all looks a bit blah at the moment. Mm. That puts a smile on my face and brings me a bit of joy. Um, also, I have a lot of nieces and nephews and I don't live very close to them now. So when I do see them, that brings me a lot of smiles on my face and joy as well. Um, and I think just having time with them does that for me. Absolutely. Mm. Um, I think having some really funny giggly moments with some of my friends sometimes when you least expect it is such a burst of like happy, mm -hmm. you know, endorphins going around your body, which is really nice and brings a lot of joy. Um, I think it's lots of like little things like that that mm -hmm. can really help me. Um, it's definitely with other than plants, it's with other people, mm -hmm. um, and things, um, I, d I get a lot, I think, from spending time with people and that gives me a lot of joy mm. um, and puts a smile on my face. Um, and so I do try and seek that where possible, actually. And, and that's is, something that helps me. Debbie is also always very busy. And um, <laughs> because I think you you have a lot of people in your life and I think that's a testament to what an amazing person you are. But then I think for you, like, juggling, seeing everybody... It can is, be challenging. It can be challenging. You sometimes have to book in in advance. Um, I say my my friends know me well, but um, they know to try and book in at least like three months in advance because otherwise <laughs> I'm going to be busy. Um, unfortunately, that's true most of the time. Yeah. And I don't realise it when I'm making myself busy, but thankfully my friends know me well. Mm. Yeah. But I think it's because those things give me joy that I put yeah. them in my diary so that I don't maybe... I think there's a great thing about spontaneity in mm -hmm. life but I also don't trust that that will always be there. So I intentionally put things in so that I know yeah. those elements and moments of joy are there. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And my next one is what makes life meaningful? Oh, this for is you? hard. Um, again, there, there's no kind of like order <laughs> or priority in this. Um, just some random thoughts. Meaningful. Good friendships. Mm -hmm. Good food. Mm good wine what type of wine yeah. Argentinian Malbec Hannah yes um 
<laughs> which Hannah and I both love from our travels. Um, yeah, so good food, good friendships, meaningful friendships, mm. actually. Um, and times with my fiancé as well, really mm -hmm. hold great importance to me. And yeah, I think to be put on the spot with that question is difficult. Yeah. So those are my few answers. Uh, but really bringing meaning to my life as well is also knowing that I'm there for the people that I love mm. and that they know that they can call me in at a moment's notice where physically possible I will be there. Mm. Gonna, we should have a glass of wine in a minute. I think I've we should. I've got some good wine downstairs. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember what my next question is. I think I know. Although we could be going off piece. Who knows? Uh, so... Obviously, Debbie is a regular listener to the podcast, so she knows that we're all about mental well-being. Yes, I do. You know. Uh, so really, I shouldn't have to ask you the questions. You should know <laughs> what they are. What are my three tips? No, not yet. Oh. It's not yet. Oh. Right. So, <laughs> so we're all about mental well-being and mental wellness. So my question is, actually, I say it's a question. It's actually two questions. Oh, no. It's, what does mental wellness mean to you? Can we go with one at a time? Okay. What does mental wellness mean to you? For me, as me, me, or for everyone? What does it mean? Mental wellness, for me, oh, this is a tough one, is being comfortable in your own skin mm -hmm. and not being ashamed of who you are. Mm -hmm. That kind of is a very brief summary of how I feel Do about you know what? it. It's, it's simple, but powerful. Simple, yeah. but not simple at the same yeah. time. Yeah. You know? It takes a lot to have that. Yeah, yeah. It's nice, but and so the second part, yes, of the question, we call it part B. Part so B. it is one question. Part B is how do you look after your own mental well-being? I forgot this one was coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I think my friends that are listening to this will know that when I say this, this is so true. I am not a fan of exercise. I'm not, but. I've listened to various ones of these podcasts and I know a lot of people say, oh, exercise is great for your mental health. Yes, that's true. And I can testify to that, but I am such a grump in getting to the exercise, but I know it's good for me. And when I've done it, yes, it does really help me and get my adrenaline going and really help mm. me mentally, but it takes a lot for me to get there. So for my mental health, it's actually knowing that my friends and family around me are not physically okay but that they're all okay and mm. that they know they can contact me if they need me to be on the phone etc and my men mental well-being is when that's going okay and well mm. my friends know I'm contactable but also when I can focus in on myself and go you okay today Deb yeah you're good okay right yeah we're mm. good and going and I've checked in with myself because if I'm not in a great space how can not a great space but if i'm not in a good place how can i really be there for my friends in mm. the way they need me to be and really helpful if i'm still mm. going through my own stuff yeah it's interesting how you almost have to check they're okay first before you can focus on yourself and i'm okay. not saying that that's the right way to do it <laughs> at all because actually i think there's a lot to be said about knowing you're okay before yeah. the rooms around you are okay but i get a lot of peace in me internally and mentally from knowing those around me that I love and care for are okay. Mm. I think because they're such an important part of yeah. your life. Yeah. So, yeah, you want to know that they're... And that gives me a lot of peace when I know that's the mm. case. And when it's not, I think some people will be like, Debbie, you're dramatically reacting to someone not being okay, whether they're going through just a hard breakup or they're going through some stuff going on with their children. And it's like, well, yeah, mm -hmm. because I feel 
I don't physically feel their pain, but I can emotionally mm. connect to what that potentially might feel like. And if I'm feeling like that, imagine what they are feeling. Mm. And yeah, for me, that I just get a lot from that. Mm. Yeah, I want to say about exercise. So Debbie today, very trustingly, <laughs> came to the gym with me and let me completely plan what we were doing and we survived it. We did. Um, I'm aching a bit at the moment, guys. I feel tomorrow morning is going to be even harder because um, Hannah's quite a fan. I know she's mentioned this on the podcast before. She's quite a fan of wild swimming. Um, I kind of forgot until this moment we'd actually plan we're <laughs> going to do this. So it is one of the winter months, as I've said, here in the UK. Um, it is pretty cold outside and we're going to do some wild swimming in the morning. Or... We're going to go swim in the lake at 8 a.m. We're going to attempt to. I have to pre-warned Hannah that I might just put a toe in and nothing, no more of my body. Well, it's splashy. Which would be cruel. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> um, but Hannah has been forewarned that that could be the case. And I just may just refuse to go any further into that lake. And I think Hannah is just about okay with that. She might splash me. No. Um, <laughs> but there is the incentive of a really good, well-cooked breakfast yes. afterwards um, at a cafe local to where Hannah lives, which she's been boasting about for years. So it's amazing. I feel, like I, feel like I need to earn the breakfast. Best breakfast. Um, and but... I, th- I think Hannah's also learned that maybe a really good way to get me to do exercise that, Deb, there's this treat afterwards if you do well, it. Well, talking of that, so we did the gym and we worked out. We, did, we were good at the gym. We worked hard. Debbie didn't moan. She might have internally not been happy, but she did it. Um, and then we went and had cake afterwards. It was, it was gluten-free and dairy-free. Yeah. But I also think that, thinking about that healthy eating and the, the balance thing, I think actually this is something that is catching up with a friend that you don't see that often. That is, you know, an occasion. It's and a treat. It's a treat. To have that Like moment. if you every day just have a piece of cake just because, then maybe that's not a treat. But if it's someone's birthday or if it's yeah a meetup within the rest of the week you know eating healthy and then this evening we've had a nice but healthy dinner yeah so it's it's that kind of balance and 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 I think if you're thinking about being healthy it's a lifelong thing it's not I'm gonna do a month of you know really strict eating and then I'm gonna go back on that roller coaster of whatever it's most of the time making healthy choices that Mm -hmm. nurture your body and then occasionally yeah and i feel like hannah could be like we're going like i feel like hannah maybe want to try to roll this podcast to an end but we're going to go on a little slight tangent so something hannah and i've been doing recently for each other so as we know well she's mentioned hannah's getting married in july and i am bridesmaid and it's something we've both been very conscious of at the moment i think we're both really trying to encourage each other in as well is eating healthy Mm. and it's not about because i've got to lose all those pounds and that kind of thing it's not actually about that it's about going I'm making a healthy conscious choice for myself and how that will affect my body Mm. physically and how it will affect me mentally. Mm. Um, And I think we've both really been trying to encourage each other in that at the moment as well. Um, And I've been saying to Hannah a lot recently how I am being aware of what food I'm eating. Um, I am calorie counting. That's my choice. Um, But it's not on a, you've gone over this many calories in this day, tut, 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 and beat myself up. It's not like that. It's going, okay, I've had this, and I'm now actively choosing, I'm going to have hot chocolate tonight without cream, but still it's calories. Mm. And I'm actively choosing that I have that. And I know that, okay, I've had a few more than I probably scheduled to have today, but I'm mentally aware of that. Mm. And it's being mentally aware so that through the week, when I'm like, oh, I really fancy that piece of cake, it's like, well, you can, but you've already had mm. some 
other treats this week as well and that really helps me to kind of keep a check mm. with myself and everyone does their different like if they want to be on a diet or they want to be healthy eating they go about it in very different ways and ev- there's no way that i think other than starvation which is incredibly wrong um i don't really think there's maybe a necessary like absolutely do not mm. you know i think there's definitely healthy ways to do it and some that are not mm. but that's individual choice um and i think hannah and i've been really good recently really encouraging each other to just look at it healthy mm. and look at it and going what does healthy mean to you as an individual and it's not about being thin it's mm. not about well my waist has to measure this measurement it's what does healthy look like to you as an individual mm. and reaching that goal that you set yourself and i think it's been really important for us individually i think it's mm. been important that i can be safe for myself and sharing that with hannah and going i'm struggling in this today but actually what you shared on that podcast or what you said to me in a chat yeah. was really quite helpful and sharing that with each other and building each other up again like mm. building each other up and really sharing it and being honest mm. because if you're having a really crap day with food and you're just like oh my gosh i don't want to say it i've had a really crap day with food guys say it just mm. declare it and be like i've had a crap day and i know it's like a cliche saying sometimes just don't let it become a crap week yeah just be like right okay i've had a bad day i acknowledge it it happened yeah. but tomorrow doesn't define like today doesn't define what happens tomorrow yeah that's a brand new day yeah so sorry it's like tangent there yeah, it's but it's something hannah and i have really been encouraging each other with each other at the moment and something i really felt was really worth mentioning because it's something i feel like i'm really getting a lot from mm. hannah's encouragement in that and i can only hope and pray that she's the same with me i am yeah so yeah definitely being there for each other in friendship in that as well is yeah. really good and i think that checking in with your yourself is really important and uh, this might be too much information um <laughs> but like yesterday i i try and i've been trying to not eat gluten and yesterday i had a fair amount of gluten and do you know what today right now my tummy is a bit like not happy about this <laughs> so it's a reminder of like actually i can make choices to have it but my body does not respond well to it it doesn't like it so actually as much as i might think i want mac and cheese for dinner and it was nice um my body is not going to thank me mm. for it and actually you know that momentary enjoyment is that worth one it's you know, probably long term, not the healthiest for my body, but you know, kind of floating cramps, blah blah blah. Is it worth it for that? But a point I would make here, guys, is before you cut out a food group completely, be very careful in yeah. doing so, and don't just do it thinking, oh yeah, that'd be great for me. Um, I have experienced that recently with a food group that I was like, I'm not cutting out completely. I'm just reducing it because mm. of how it affects me physically. Um. But I'm not being like, I cannot have it, absolutely yeah. not. And I don't get a tantrum when I've had it or anything like that. Because I don't have an intolerance to it. I'm not allergic to it. I'm just reducing it because of how it feels in my body. But you need to be very careful when you are reducing something. Mm. And be very mindful of what you're doing to the levels in your body. And how that really might affect you individually. And seeking like guidance from your GP. Mm. If you feel that you want to take yeah. that further. And really just be careful with it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I've got just a couple more questions. This one's tricky for a lot of people. Can you describe your mindset or your outlook on life? I try to be hopeful. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that's achievable every day, but I try to be hopeful. I try to be uplifting. I try to be positive. Um, And I always try and get where possible my mindset to be that just because someone has done something 
negative towards me doesn't mean I need to react in the same negativity. Mm. And it's not that I am better that, than that person. It's just going... It's something my dad always raised us with is in the household of do unto others as you would have done unto you. Mm. And so just because someone is literally being like really negative, like if it happens at work or something, and like you're just getting loads of negativity from someone, they're, it's not to give them excuses, but don't react in the same way. Mm. Because at the end of the day, yeah, they might be going through something, they might be going through nothing and just giving you a hard time, but don't stoop to the mm. level. And that's my mentality of like how you approach life on a daily basis where possible. And just try and be the positive person and be you. Mm. And so I try and be positive. That's who I am. I try and give that positivity out. And I try my best not to stoop lower than that. Mm. You are a very positive person. So Hopefully that good. answers that question. Yeah, it does. Uh, so this is the tip question, Debs. So <laughs> I ask us to leave people uh, with between one and three tips that they could, things they could put in place in their life or things they could do that would have a massive impact. So what are your one to three, it doesn't have to be three, but one to three tips. Listen. Really, really listen, guys. I know we've said it multiple times, but it's really true. Definitely listen to those around you um, and let them talk for as long as they need to sometimes. That doesn't always work if you're in a rush, but, you know, mm. try and make time to give that time to people to let them, um, you listen to them. Um, if you can, be the friend that you would like to have be the friend mm. to someone else that you would like to have for you. Mm. And that's not always an easy one. But tr to try is at least trying. Mm. Um, be you. Be your true self. Mm. And like, here's another one, I guess. Um, go through that daily journey of trying to love yourself. Mm. And I struggle with that, I think, different points through most days. And it's mm. just like, okay, yeah, I got it. And two hours later i've lost it and it's like hang on a minute reground myself actually mm. hang on love yourself love who you are and now there you go okay mm. you're back in it again i think we all struggle with that one yeah and it's not easy to love yourself and the truths about yourself sometimes but loving yourself and actually who you are yeah because then you can be you in the world mm. yeah absolutely and then my last question is normally for people who are like out in the world professionally yeah. is the how do you connect but you might not want anyone to connect with you well you might you can connect you. with me through Hannah <laughs> no yeah um I do not have my own podcast and I am not a professional in this at all um I am just a dear friend of Hannah's who happens to love her lots um but also just really love her podcast and felt like I would come on here and share with you guys what it is to be a friend of Hannah's and the little quirks that we both have yeah um and to kind of I think Hannah's genuinely true with everyone on every podcast that she does, but also to give you maybe a side of Hannah that she maybe doesn't show you all very often, <laughs> which is, you know, I think Hannah develops friendships maybe with those that she's done podcasts with, but to have someone do a podcast with her that knows her incredibly well <laughs> for a decade and a half, you don't get very often. So hopefully yeah. I've given you a little insight into yeah. Hannah. Well, and thank you so much for, for coming on and taking some time out of our wine drinking till the evening to talk on the podcast. Um, because I think you know this is I don't know when it's going to come out but you know it's it's about friendship and I think yeah the the best way to talk about it is to talk about someone that you have a really good quality friendship with because I just think it makes it a better discussion and a better insight and I think we have a really strong loving friendship and mm. so I just thought it would be 
yeah absolutely so apologies if it feels like at any point through this podcast we've gone <laughs> off on tangents yeah. um uh, with hannah and i do tend to bounce off each other in those memories um but we i guess i hope that i've been able to share even a little something even a little snippet of something that someone will be able to grasp and go oh mm. i can give that a go yeah um and just see you know if that helps anyone um really so yeah. hopefully it has yeah yeah I've really enjoyed seeing and chatting to yeah, you and, and I would be reminiscing yes. as well. Yes. <laughs> it's been a little trip down memory lane. Absolutely. Well. So uh, thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks. So thank you so much to Debs for joining me. And as we said, this was recorded in the winter. So pre everything <laughs> has happened. So there are a couple of things that we mentioned that I just want to come back to in reference. First of all, did we go wild swimming the next day? Yes and no. <laughs> we went. It was about seven degrees Celsius. It was cold. So we basically just dipped our legs in, uh, got very muddy feet, um, and then went for a cooked breakfast, a full English. <laughs> but uh, it was fun. We went We went early um, and we were half committed. Um, and talking of wild swimming, as I mentioned last week, I have been back in the river uh, pretty much every other day. And that's only really because that's as often as my friend can go. And safety, safety-wise, uh, safest to go with someone else if you are going to be out swimming in the river. Um, but that has been so amazing to to get back in the river. So yes, we did go in. Uh, we we mentioned the wedding. Uh, so as you may have noticed, uh, things have been a bit kind of all up in the air. Uh, so the wedding has actually been postponed till next year, and it was supposed to take place last. Saturday the 25th although it's next Saturday when I'm recording this but um so now it's going to be 2021 and fingers crossed that that goes ahead but we yeah we sort of referenced the wedding uh being in July and obviously that hasn't happened we also talk about my floor drobe <laughs> and my washing pile and one of the I guess positive side effects of corona and lockdown for me is that I did actually clear my floor drobe and I know I mentioned uh, declutter week last episode. Uh, I'm recording this before my week off, uh, so I can't uh, give you an update on my decluttering. But my floor drobe was already clear, it has been for several, several weeks, uh, or a couple of months. And my washing pile is uh, seriously decreased. It's uh, kind of built up a little bit. Um, but we had some glorious weather at the beginning of lockdown and I managed to pretty much catch up on the, the massive pile of, of laundry that I referenced. And as I said, that's that's kind of one of the, um, I guess the realities of depression and uh, low mood that things like laundry and housework, it's it's not, um, and I've talked about this before on, um, on other shows that, that I've been on, that it's not just that you don't like laundry, although I'm not its biggest fan, to be honest, but is that it just is too much effort. It's too much to get your head around, too draining to go through that whole process. Um, so yeah, I'm pleased to report that I caught up and I have not fallen as far behind <laughs> again now. Uh, so that's that. Um, there's one reference that I think is really, it's really interesting to listen back to things as time has passed and to kind of think about how things are different. 
And so there's a reference about when I went to Deb's and she wasn't feeling very well and I was like, oh, it's fine. And that was very much pre-corona. And I think our attitude towards illnesses has maybe shifted. So I'm sure we can all think of a time when we went into work and we weren't feeling great before this. And I think now people are uh, staying at home if they're not well, mostly, hopefully, but also giving themselves time to heal and um, to recuperate, which was something that our culture just didn't really do before. It was a kind of, you have to just keep going. So I guess that's maybe another sort of positive that maybe we will start listening to ourselves more and giving our bodies what we need on that sort of physical immunity level and also hopefully on a mental level. And I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about, uh, which is just quite uh, quite fun, serendipitous maybe, we referenced Fiji and how I was going to go out to Fiji and volunteer and that unfortunately didn't happen. But I am, as we speak... Um, and this is probably going to be in sort of week three of an eight week voluntary project for the same organisation I was going to go and volunteer for in Fiji. They're doing virtual volunteering. And so I'm doing a mental health project with them with Think Pacific. And if you're following us on social media, you will have seen posts about that, the fundraising. So thank you. I should say thank you to everyone who supported because we did reach our target. So I am now uh, getting stuck in. So by the time this comes out, I will have chosen the project that I'm going to get stuck into. I haven't yet because there's so many amazing projects. But um, it was just fun listening back when we referenced Fiji that unfortunately I couldn't go. Uh, Still can't go at the moment, but I am still doing a project with them now around mental health, which is exciting. And hopefully in the future we'll get to go and spend a month in Fiji, which will be amazing. Uh, So yeah, I just thought I'd reference that because it was just funny listening back. And I honestly loved listening back to this episode. Um, And hopefully you can get a real sense of our friendship. And I think it's the the best way to demonstrate friendship by by showing uh, what I value as a really important friendship in my life, a very supportive and loving friendship. So not to say that me and Debs are perfect, we're not, (laughs) sorry Debs, we're not, but I think it's, you know, if you're looking at a model of a healthy, supportive, reciprocal friendship, I think it is a a good model of that. And also, I guess one of the things from this episode is I have a lot of guests on and I have conversations with them, but it's very much focused around them and, and their story. And and I guess this is maybe nice to sort of get more of a sense of who I am and get to see me in a, in a different way, uh, if you're interested in that. Um, and you're here listening to this still, so maybe you are. <laughs> but yeah, I hope you've enjoyed it. And I'd love to know um, yeah, what you think of this episode versus the sort of the more interview-based ones, whether you want to have more episodes that are just me talking or more relaxed conversations like this. Like I was thinking, I've obviously I did the episode with my sister previously, uh, thinking about having some with my dad and maybe other friends, my partner, whatever. But if this is something that you have enjoyed, then let me know and uh, we can definitely bring out more of this or just more relaxed me chatting about nonsense like this, uh, if, if that's something you like as well. So yeah, please rate, review, subscribe and share the podcast and yeah, any thoughts, any feedback, you can message me at Psyche Coaching on Facebook, Instagram, 
Twitter, etc. And next week we will be back with just the one episode. And uh, yeah, have a good, have a good week. And I guess my final thought, uh, one of the activities that Debs and I did in this was to tell each other something that we really loved and valued about the other person, which is something that I think it makes you feel more connected with your friend and closer. And it gives you a boost as well to hear a positive thing from a friend. So as you're just finishing listening to this, I would encourage you to think of a friend or several. It doesn't have to just be one, but think of a friend and think about one thing you love about them and tell them. Not in a, I'll tell them they'll say something nice about me back, but just for no reason other than that you love them, you appreciate them and you value their friendship. And I think actually doing this activity and and telling them the things that you maybe think and feel about them but don't really share, it just gives everybody a boost all round. So that's your homework, if you, <laughs> if you like, your, your takeaway to have a go at that and see see what happens see how it feels and uh, yeah I'll be back next week take care bye